Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have one of our bosses at ToughPigs.com. Who is it? My name is Jared Fairclough, previously of MuppetMindset.com. Now I'm slowly taking over ToughPigs. Uh-oh. Ryan, I'm here my, to fire you. I'm sorry, boss man. Oh, all right. Oh, no. Sorry, it's been a good run. Yeah, I mean, you've done well, but it's it's time it's time for yeah. some new blood. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, g- w- welcome aboard, Chief. All right. Um, <laughs> for those who can't see us, uh, Anthony just did a scooter fist. I well, I, yeah, I called Jared Chief. I have to do a scooter fist. I, yeah, that's I just want to make sure everybody knows that you weren't, you know, falling down on the that's job. That's the first there. time I've been called boss. I'm right. loving it. Like I've got a real sense of power to me to me now and uh Ooh. and this is only going to go poorly so let's uh let's continue on <laughs> all right and and the 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 boss man the big boss man is joining us today to discuss minutes 83 and 84 of muppet's take manhattan in these minutes kermit sings right where i belong and then realizes what was missing from manhattan melodies but before any of that happens we start with piggy and what does piggy say so, you guys, tell me if I'm wrong, because as far as I can tell, Piggy does not say, Kermit, remember the opening number. She does not say, can you remember the opening number? She says, Curry, remember the opening number? I did. I, I actually re- played it a couple times trying to figure out exactly what she was saying. Yeah, I... Yeah, me too. I, my assumption was that because with this podcast, like, halfway through a syllable, like, it gets cut off. So, my assumption was that the previous... <laughs> Uh, two minutes had ended with her saying like Kermit and then it like this was like no. do you remember the opening number but uh no this is the start of her statement okay I'm gonna have to so if if she's saying Kerr remember the opening number then it would be like if she had said hey you big joker you remember the opening number <laughs> right right do you remember the opening number do you remember the opening number do you remember the opening number yeah, all right. But no, that but, yeah, yeah it's, so, it's it's a little uh, surprising that they used that take. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and like whatever, I've never noticed until now. None right, of us that's have. True, I don't yeah. think you know. Well, uh, it's that, not. It's not like we've... that's because we're over analyzing. I've only watched this two minutes for the last like three days. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I watched it. I don't know this particular time. I mean, seven or eight times. There's probably, a there's a couple uh-huh. of things. That I'd never noticed, and like we'll get to it as we go along. But um, yeah, there's a couple of yeah, things in this there's, where I'm like, "There's wait, why is that in there?" Or there's little silly oh, well, bits. But you yeah, know, we'll get to that. I, I was just looking there's, back, and the last time I think that we had you here, Jared, um, we were talking about Piggy's fantasy in yes, the Great we Caper, and you pointed out to us that there's there was like a few frames where you could see that Piggy had three arms. Yes, in that sequence where yeah. they had one arm that was like going up at the same time as the other arm was going down. So, um, yeah, you you obviously have a good eye for detail. I do, and I did, and I mean that's that's part of what I noticed during this as well. Um, but like, if you notice in this one, both a jacket comes off and a jacket comes on, which is the same as last time I was here. So I don't know whether or not I just oh. have the scenes with jackets. I don't know what's going on. 
But it's uh, so funny how how often that happens with where our our guests have like unexpected uh, patterns, right? To yeah, the things that they <laughs> right. come on for. Evan is the Muppets getting hit by vehicles guy. <laughs> yes. And, and Jared is the jackets on and off guy. Apparently, I don't know if any jackets so. come off in uh, in uh, in Christmas Carol, but I'm looking forward to finding I out. I promise you, jackets. I promise you, jackets come off in Christmas. Carol. Yeah, yeah. A movie, a movie that takes place during the winter, and everyone's wearing Victorian dress. True. Yes, All right. Yes. I'm looking that. forward to, uh, to to the jacket episode uh, for that one. <laughs> but, right. Well, can I say what I noticed with this one is that. Um, Kermit, he's, you know, his arms fly out at one point when he's singing his song, and Fozzie takes off his jacket, which, can we just quickly say, is terrifyingly realistic. Like, I remember when I was a kid and I saw Fozzie, like, take that jacket off. It just freaked me out when I was a kid as well, and it huh. hasn't got any less eerie, like, Uncanny Valley. Um, but Kermit's huh. obviously... It looks got, really good. Like, it, it it's does. very yeah, seamlessly think, okay, done. It's smooth. It just... I mean, he we'll, just he we'll, just slides it right we'll off his there, arms. I guess we're we're we we're will. jumping ahead a little I, bit. I might but... be jumping ahead, but let, uh, what I was just going to say um, related to jackets is that uh, Fozzie takes that off, but then obviously the arm rods are on Kermit, so that jacket can't actually come off. But then we never see the bottom half of where of like Kermit's arms again. So I'm assuming the jacket's just like bundled up down around his arm rods. And just like everyone, just stand in front. Like everyone, get the puppets in front of Kermit, so that right. we don't see how awkward that has to look because that has to be there. Yeah. Huh. The next thing that happens is all the other Muppets crowd around Kermit. So yeah, yeah I guess that jacket is just is just bunched up right below the frame. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. And then Gonzo goes yeah. to put um, the other jacket on, and so yeah, I, I have no idea. Just that's just again over analyzing this for two minutes. I'll never be able to watch this movie properly again. But just, I'm just endlessly impressed at how good these guys are at figuring out how to pull yeah. this stuff off. Yeah. Literally, right. in this case. Right. Um, but before we get to the, to the Mr. Rogers-esque code exchange, <laughs> what we do start with is a melancholy reprise of Right Where I Belong from Kermit. And as we discussed at the time when they were you know, launching into a great opening number and it goes like this. There's no, there's no original version of right where I belong. It does not exist. We hear, look at me, here I am, right where I belong. That's all we ever got earlier in the movie. So this is a sad, slow reprise of an upbeat number that does not exist. <laughs> but it, but it absolutely feels like it's the reprise, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's, we it's we have never heard this much of the song. Yeah. Well, also, well, never heard more than more than one couplet of the song. Look, Piggy, out, you know? Piggy has said to him, "You know, do you remember the opening number?" And so he starts singing it. But then we see the opening number, and that song's not in it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're right. right. The opening number is together That's again. True. It's together again. So right. I have no idea. There's there's no logic to this film whatsoever. What a confusing show Manhattan Melodies is. Yeah, Manhattan <laughs> Melodies is ridiculous. Um, but but what I was going to say is. Has that ever happened in another musical? Like, where we're we're given a song that doesn't quite happen, and then there's an emotional reprise of it. Hmm. I'm sure it has. I, I, yeah, I, my my suspicion is that it must have because there are many many musicals, but I can't think of right. any examples right but now. It's, but it it's kind of amazing how well it works. Like how yeah. well the 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 audition scenes plant that song in our head. 
as a song that exists. Right. We've heard those two lines so many times that it just, right, uh, right. Yeah. 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 But like, well, what about, I don't know if it probably doesn't count, but in, I mean, obviously with this film, they're seen together again. And then in Muppets Most Wanted, they reprise, I guess, together again at the end. But if you'd never seen this movie, you'd have no idea that that's not an original song. <laughs> right. So, I yeah, mean, so that, that kind of works, I it's, guess. It's a reprise. Yeah, it's a reprise 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Which also yeah. sort of uh, uh, is sort of dependent on the movie, the original title of the movie, which was The Muppets Again. The fact that they're bringing back a song called Together Again and calling it Together Again Again, but then they changed the name to Muppets Most Wanted. And so that makes even less sense. Right. Um, and speaking speaking of the the 2010s era Muppet movies, um, the next thing that happens while Kermit is singing the song, he looks at all of his buddies and he says the line, I see that face coming back to me like an old familiar song. Uh, it never registered until now. Pictures in my head from the 2011 movie feels like this if Kermit's not actually with his friends. Like, hmm. that's what pictures in my head is, right? It's... It's I see your face coming back to me like an old familiar song, but just not as good because that song's not very good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess in that case, I mean, do you think he forgot about his friends in in the Muppets 2011 movie? I think he sure forgot about making millions of people happy, right? Isn't yeah? That, I guess that's that true. That's that that's how it's presented. So then he's he's he also forgot to pay his landscaper because his garden's a mess in that film. Oh yeah, his whole house. <laughs> yeah, his whole estate yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, like is Kermit a hoarder? He feels like he just has yeah, like I, I, hoarder yeah. energy in that film. I mean, he has a bunch of tab. We know that. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been hoarding that stuff since the eighties. And there's definitely going to be some old newspapers in his house. And like a cat that like probably isn't alive anymore. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> maybe he has the maybe he has the New York Sun that says somebody's getting married. On it in his maybe house. he does. That's a that's a nice little know. teaser for later. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I, but I, what, what I was also going to say about these lines is like like so much of this movie, this always kind of feels bittersweet to me. At, at at the end, you know, like saying goodbye does for the for a similar reason. Yeah, but yeah. this like you know, what better place could anyone be? Because you're here with me. Like it's like you know, yeah, we just we we want these guys to stay together forever. Meaning the this. performers and the, the yeah the Muppet and people. like yeah, right and like the whole like Muppet Show gang really did three more projects together after mm. this ever. Right, it's it's the celebration of thirty years Muppet Family Christmas. And Muppets at Walt Disney World. Frank Oz didn't really work on the Jim Henson Hour. Richard Hunt barely worked on the Jim Henson Hour. You know? Yeah, I get. I mean, there's Muppet Vision 3D, but yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's I really so, it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's also it. It does feel like there's something of a meta element to it. And too, just because and Jerry these... Nelson didn't work on Muppet Vision 3D, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but just because I never put that together. Sorry. <laughs> I think we figured yeah, that out okay. on this podcast. Yeah, I don't we, think we, we, had out, we were, ever realized it before. We were, we were wondering if New Zealand was in it, and not only isn't he, Jerry Nelson didn't work on it. Yeah. So. Is there, do you um, know, I, I mean, I was going to ask if you know why, but this isn't uh, Muppet Vision 3D two minutes at a time. So we won't, yeah. we won't go into that now. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know why, although this uh, um, alert listener, Noah Genex, um wrote me a couple episodes ago. 
And I, we had said something, like we were speculating about how much Jerry Nelson was involved in this one. And apparently, I have not uh, double-checked this, but apparently in the book by Joe Bailey, who was a Muppet Show and Sesame Street writer, he talked about how Jerry Nelson was apparently only on the set for a few days of this because he basically just didn't want to leave his his lovely home in Cape Cod. So there are actually very few scenes in this movie that Jerry Nelson participated, but enough that, you know, it's still it's still the whole gang. Right. Right. Well, but I mean, who does who does he play in this movie? Floyd? Yeah, do we um, hear I guess we Yeah, we do hear Floyd's Crazy speech. Harry at the end. We'll see Crazy Harry yeah, at the wedding. And Camilla. Camilla. And yeah. does Robin have anything to do? Nope. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, he's not he's not really in this. Jerry Nelson plays much. Jenny in this, doesn't he? Yes, that's he does play Jenny he's in very good. scenes. <laughs> yes. Master of voices, that man. No, Jared, that's a woman. Men have beards. <laughs> well done. Well Cut done. that out. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> nope. nope. Um, all right. Um, Leave it in. All right. What um, I was getting at, though, is it the, the meta element of like this group of uh, co-workers who worked on The Muppet Show and then sort of... Some of them went off to work on other projects. Some of them were, you know, they're they're not working together continuously like they did back in the Muppet Show days. So it right. kind of resonates the same way I, with, you know, the, the together again thing, the seeing the faces coming back to me thing. It's it, it feels like it's as much about the people who worked on this movie as the characters. Right. So then next, as Jared already mentioned, uh, Kermit keeps singing, and Fozzie takes off Kermit's suit coat for him, which, in addition to being a neat puppetry trick, as you said, is such a nice character moment for Fozzie. Like, of course Fozzie's the one to do that for him. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's perfect. And then Gonzo, right, his his second best friend, Gonzo, puts on a new, his sparkly purple jacket for the number. Yeah, which is accomplished with another, like, a puppet slash uh, editing trick, where they the Muppets all crowd around him as he goes up to the door and then it cuts to the other side of the door and Kermit kind of bursts through and now he's wearing the jacket. So we wearing never, jacket, right. th- yeah, they never actually have to have Gonzo put the jacket on him. It just happens right. in the he's split just, second. Yeah, between... he just sort of waves it in front of him. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. It's just through, through the magic of editing. It's now, now he's wearing the jacket on I, the other side of the door. I don't know if um, you guys have spoken about this already, uh, but have we talked about what Fozzie looks like without a hat on? We actually just, just did last week. Yeah, I, last I, week. I figured, okay, we won't talk, go on about it then. It's just Fozzie without a hat, just, he just, like, how can a character look bald but be so hairy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it possible, too, that this uh, this particular build of the puppet looks even more... I, I, sh- I should look at Conehead. the uh, Fozzie Bear through the years. On Yeah, it, like, is his head even more pear-shaped than the Muppet Show version? Well, had they done a bit of a rebuild of the characters before this film? I don't know when the last time Fozzie was rebuilt before this. Because I know Piggy been. looks a little bit different than she did in the last couple of films. Piggy looks a little bit worse than she did before. Well, that hair, I mean, that hair. Oh, yeah, that's the main thing. The very first favors, thing I wrote when I did my notes for this was Piggy's super 80s hair. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, 
It's a yeah, mess. Yeah, although, like, again, she keeps it through uh, Muppet Family Christmas. Like, that's what's really disappointing, is that is that they stuck with it for a few years. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, look, cause that's the, I had some that's terrible the hair thing the for a while. Ever made. Yeah, I have some terrible hair right now, <laughs> which I mean, it's leaving me. It's walking, <laughs> it's saying goodbye. Uh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, so as, as Ryan mentioned, Kermit busts through the door, kind of like bursts through the door. And to me, that is one of the most joyful moments in this entire movie mm-hmm. is Kermit bursting through that door and saying, here we go. Which is such a, like, let's put on a show, you know, hey, everybody, you know. And the, by this point, the, the music the has built up because it, it started with that, look at me, here I am, sort of a, a little bit melancholy, I think you said. and But then it, it picks up and then the as it does, the Muppets start to do their, like, you know, bouncing up and down, swaying back and forth, dancing. And by the time they burst out the door, it's like, it's totally like, yeah, here we go. We're going on to put on a show. Yeah, it's great. Right. It's great. I uh, can I sorry sorry just I again uh, completely overanalyzing it. Um, I did I did notice a mistake in that Ooh. Kermit walks through the door in the last shot with his tie, and he bursts through the door with no tie. <gasps> Whoa! I'm just saying. I'm, oh, that's magic. Hope, that's not a mistake. I hope that's, someone got that's fired. That's the magic of. St- that's stage magic, Jared. Oh, that's what it was. That's the magic of Broadway. Or he was wearing a clip-on, <laughs> and he really quickly just yanked it and threw it off, off <laughs> or, the shot. Or, 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 one of the other Muppets <laughs> accidentally pulled it off. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that is such a good... See, we should be looking for stuff like that all the time. I'm sure there's so many of these kind of continuity mistakes that we've missed. Yeah. Yeah, I also noticed yeah, as, but- as like, Kermit goes... Uh, you know, let's go, everybody, and runs through. Like, there's clearly a bunch of Muppets on the side, and he just completely blanks them and runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know well, what? The, I... the sparkly purple jacket has a bow tie attached to it that's sort of just hanging off to the side. True. So. True. I mean, it doesn't justify the, the necktie disappearing, but I guess he can't. He couldn't be wearing two ties. So. Um. Now, again, I don't know whether or not you've already referenced this, but these jackets that they're wearing have, like, the giant collar things on them. And mm-hmm. yeah. they're the exact same uh, design that they're wearing during we're doing a sequel. Mm. Oh. To the point where I actually, awesome. in my head, I'm like, is that the same, like, outfit? That would have been a nice little uh, thing. And it's not. They're wearing white and gold in... um In... in uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Or blue and black, if that's what Cully thought this right was. Um, yeah, that was a dumb joke. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but they both got the giant like, ah, uh, like pointy collars almost, which I know doesn't make sense when you're talking about yeah, muppets because like, you're thinking like, of Kermit's the, like large large lapels, large lapels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. just in that huh, little that, thing that I noticed. Seems like it must have been intentional by the time they got around to Muppets Most Wanted. Well, and especially because that that like we mentioned that movie has together again in it. Yes. Like, yeah. that movie ends with Kermit and Piggy having a wedding. <laughs> like, uh, yes, yeah, yes. True. You know, I, I mean, people talk about that being, like, the Great Muppet Caper one, but it's secretly also the Muppets Take Manhattan, <laughs> right? Right. Like, yeah. Um, but anyways, what happens next in the actual Muppets Take Manhattan is that all the other Muppets are backstage. Fozzie says, can our friends watch the show from backstage? Now, before we get to Kermit's response... I just want to point out that there are so many of them. Like, so many. There's there's no way that many Muppets could watch from the wings and be able to see. Yeah, I mean, they're spilling out the, the door there. Yeah. So this is like an absurd question. 
in the first place. Yeah. You know what I noticed is we we see uh, some of the bears. They were with Fozzie. We see chickens. They were with Gonzo. Dogs. We, I, I think that is this is this Rufus uh, in the middle. I think so. Yeah. Nice to see Rufus, a very uh, early Muppet dog. Um, and then the, the frogs are there for some reason, Kermit's co-workers. Well, but speaking I, we, of which, speak, speaking of the frogs, yeah. I never noticed before that after after Fozzie says that, Gil the Frog says, yeah. uh, Phil? Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed that before. That's incredible. No, I had not noticed I either, but I love it. said Phil. I thought he said, like, Gil, like he just said his name again. But that's, again, one of those things that oh. I noticed. I thought he just went, Gil? I was like, why are you saying your yeah, name? But he goes, uh, Phil? Uh, yeah, uh, he's Phil. very startled <laughs> just... to see his coworker okay, it makes, wearing this flashy like, costume. It <laughs> makes more sense for him to say so Phil. <laughs> yes. It does. But, I like, when I was watching these minutes, I was so excited. I ran out to the other room and showed my wife Roz. Because I was just like, did you know this? And she didn't either. And she was very amused also. Yeah, it made me laugh out loud. Cause, yeah. yeah. And it's 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 one of those things where it's like, I'm so glad we're doing this. Because I, I will never not notice it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also noticed <laughs> but, it, but it anyways, looks like Ryan, what were you, it looks like um, Jill and Bill are being performed by the same puppeteer, possibly because their their heads are very close together. Um, oh, okay. But then, so like we also have uh, the Swedish chef who came with Scooter, but where's New Zealand? He came with Scooter too, and he's just you know he's one of the few major uh, characters that we don't see in this crowd of Muppets backstage. Well, I hope he is in the audience throwing fish. Yeah. Oh, that's by the way, that's who Jerry Nelson plays in this. We didn't. Oh see yes, him yes, that was what. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, that was one of the the days that he was on set was yeah to play New Zealand. Um. Yeah. Why? Where did Bunsen and Beaker come from? I haven't watched the movie for a while. Well, Bunsen and Beaker are in a deleted scene with the Electric Mayhem. <sighs> that's right. Yes. And but when you when you see them get the telegram from Pete, Bunsen and Beaker are there. Yep. With, yeah, with you, you can catch also. a very brief glimpse of them, yeah. Okay, because yeah. otherwise they've just turned up. It was weird that they didn't get a bigger part in this film. Like, it's already a big film yeah. anyway, but yeah. for two characters that are, like, such main characters, um, to be relegated well, to a cameo. Who, right, and and in the next, in the two storybook adaptations, in the 90s, like, they both get featured parts and... Beaker gets referred to by name as Beaker in both of them, which is something that no one else does. You know, almost Rizzo, I guess. But Although even then they had a right. song that got cut You're right, in, yeah. in Christmas Carol, yeah. but still, as, yeah. As we will discuss later, yeah. Um, and did remind um, me, do we catch a glimpse of Beauregard when they get the telegram? Uh, yes, Beauregard is, is, very, is clearly visible, and so is okay, Beaker. Because he's kind of here, obscure. too. You can just barely see him behind Fozzie. But, uh, right. yeah, he's in the crowd, too. But New Zealand is not, as far as I can tell. Have we... Pointed out right. that one of the bears is Bobo before Bobo was around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we saw Bobo back in the cave. Oh, did we? Too. We talked about him then. Yeah, yeah. it was funny watching the um, like speaking to uh, oh, well, at this point this will have come out, so I can say this. Speaking to uh, Bill Beretta for the uh, to introduce our guest star, um, he pointed out that Bobo had been used, um like in previous things before. And so I went and had a little look at some of the previous usages of Bobo before he was Bobo. And there's one mm-hmm. in, yeah, uh, oh, I don't remember what it was called now off the top of my head, um, but it was the exact same puppet, but they put more cartoony eyes on him. And I don't yeah. like it. I don't like that mm, at all. Sure. 
Yeah, because here is, here he looks just like yeah. himself. These here he's just Bobo. Yeah, these bears are all I, I think deliberately more a little bit more realistic looking than Fozzie. Yeah, the the right. bears that they built for this movie to be in the cave. Was this the first time you think yeah. that puppet had been used? I I do. I really I because think so. when we see when we see bears on the Muppet Show, they're like Billy the Bear, the stand-up comedian. Yeah. Um, you know, who is like more realistic than Fozzie, but is also Still a little bit, uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit cartoony, is a hand puppet. Like those are the ones that we saw. Whereas here, there's like a bunch of these more realistic bears. And, and also I think all three of the show. Yeah, all three of the bears that we see in this backstage shot are when we see them on stage, they're full bodied puppets, right? Yeah. Like like there's somebody inside like it's a full costume. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas by the time Bobo becomes a character, I guess they sort of adapted the puppet to be um, um, uh, closer to a hand puppet. Although he is a very large puppet. He's, He's much bigger large, and bulkier yeah. than yeah. most of the the hand puppet Muppets. Right. Anyways, getting back to the movie, Kermit tells Fozzie, no, they cannot watch the show from backstage. They're going to be in the show because that's what was missing from Manhattan Melodies. More dogs and bears and chickens and whatever. And some would argue that's what's been missing from this entire movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Kermit has just realized that what they should be doing is a Muppet movie. Right. Which, um, you know, our, our previous guest, Tough Pigs founder, Danny Horn, that's always been his thing about this movie, is that he thinks there's not enough Muppets in it. And, like, watching it right after Great Muppet Caper, it really does feel empty. In, in that way. I love this movie. I think it's a terrific movie. But, like, Great Muppet Caper, they're at the Happiness Hotel. They're on the yeah. bus. They're at the Mallory Gallery. There's, like, Muppets bursting out of the frame, you know, in so many of those scenes. And here at the end, this is the only time that that, that happens in this one. Yeah, it's 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 such a an epiphany. It yeah, feels like such right. a relief to see all these guys, finally. Well, I think, yeah, as really well, the, I mean, they've spent the vast majority of this film apart. And so, like, we only right. get, like, a snippet here, a snippet there, a snippet here, a snippet there, um, aside from, say, Kermit and Piggy themselves. And so, yeah, like, of course you should be together. Like, that's that's what the Muppets do. Um, and so it's nice to finally have them figure that out because we've been sitting here right. going, get your act together, guys. <laughs> right. Although, I, of course, I think it is a worthwhile idea to try a story where you, you you separate them to in order to confirm that they should be apart like by right. the end of the movie in order to confirm that they should be apart is what you just I mean said. you separate them <laughs> thank you you separate them in order to confirm that they should be together because right. by the end of the movie that's that's the message it's like they they want to be together again they should be together again they have to be together again well, and also, like, I mean, like I just said, but I think this movie's terrific. Yes. You know, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't regret that they did it. I don't think it's a misfire. I, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Like, it's just a little bit different, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, now the Muppets are all in the show, which, you know, they all, like, excitedly follow Kermit right out, and suddenly they're in costumes and in the show, which, like, this is another thing people love to harp on. This, I, this is, I love this. I yes, love the yes. idea that you step on stage at Manhattan Melodies and you're just dressed for it. You know the choreography. You know the words. <laughs> yeah. you and you have whatever I mean. props you need. Right. Like, I don't think logistics matter Yeah, I like the all. way they were Here. arguing about uh, logistics when this is a movie about a talking frog. 
Um, right. Talking bears, talking but, pigs. Yeah. Right, but not a talking chicken. That's very important. Not in this Chickens one. Chickens yeah. cannot talk in this one. Yeah. They can on the the Jim Henson one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, so now they now they actually go, we smash cut to the playbill for Manhattan Melodies, and the curtain opens, the that, set. That, by the is way, is a prop that I would love to, to own one of those. Man, can, can you imagine? I, yeah, that would be great. I, I, you know, I completely forgot this existed until just now. I might have one. The reason being, one? well, not from the movie, but I bought oh. in, I'd say 10 years ago, just in an antique store, fairly local to me, there was a press kit for um, Muppets mm. Take Manhattan. And I think there's a playbill in there. And now I have to figure out where the heck it is. Um, oh, but nice. I think I might actually have one somewhere. Wow, you should send it cool. to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we see this person holding it. I I yes. think this is what we should do. And, uh, you know, no one listening to the podcast give away what we're going to, what, what I want to do. I think we should start a rumor about who that is holding it because, you know, okay. because so let me, maybe we could pick whoever you like, but, uh, you know, a bunch of Muppet performers have cameos in these films. It could be someone, it could be Muppet performer, could be Orson Welles, could be Barack Obama Young, whoever it is. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just start, let's just start it, a rumor. It's, it's funny. I was just going to say Nancy Reagan. Um, who knows? <laughs> Maybe it could Let's be. See. Is it I a, mean, it's a fairly masculine hand. I think it is a man's hand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now that I'm looking at it again. Yeah. All right. Um. So I mean. Yeah, it could be anybody. Could be anybody. Um, so I mean, you know. There, you, there you go. The, Weird, weirdly, it's it's film director Billy Wilder. I don't know why. I don't know what he's doing there. But <laughs> he wanted to see Manhattan how, Melodies. How old was Billy Wilder in 1984? Billy Wilder it was 78 years old in 19. He was born in 1906. So. Did those look like seventy-eight uh, year old uh, hands? He had he had do makeup like, on. Do those look like old Austrian hands? <laughs> what if it I was? I just want to make sure if this is the rumor we're going to spread. I want to make sure we're I mean, all. It, I mean, I had no idea who Billy Wilder was before today. Um, <laughs> oh, he he! You should see. I mean, I'm sure you know of like Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah, or yeah. Some like it hot or okay. the apartment. Yeah. Oh, that was him, wasn't it? He's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually had heard he's, he's, he's my he's my favorite director. Of all I had heard so, that it was um, it was Elvis Presley after he faked his death. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I had heard, and so I'm not going for it. I'd heard him and Jim were friends, and that Jim snuck him in there. That's that's what I'd heard, but I'm not going to go on about it. People are saying so. There, yeah, yeah. That that is the word that 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 is you know on the street. That's what people are saying. Yeah, yeah. Awesome! Wow, I can't right. believe that. I can't believe that somewhere all of those people are in this movie. <laughs> so who's going to be the first to edit IMDb's trivia section for this movie and say like some people say that Elvis Presley appears holding the playbill? I don't know, but if someone wants to do that and screenshot and send it to me, I'll, I might send them something fun. Actually, go on, go on Elvis Presley's IMDb page. Yes, under the goofs, put. Goof, Elvis is considered to have died in 1977, <laughs> but he's in Muppet's Big Manhattan, so that can't be true. Yep, excellent, love it. Yes, please, all of those um, things. All right. <laughs> but anyways, the curtain opens, the set is a giant Manhattan Melodies logo, as you know, as often during the overture, you'll see the logo for a show. Um, 
I love that one. I think that looks incredible. That yeah. giant Manhattan Melodies logo on the stage. Yeah, we've we've talked about how the the vibe of the show does seem pleasingly old fashioned, and this really, yeah, really drives that home. Right. Um, one thing I'd never noticed until watching this is, and of course they should be there, but Statler and Waldorf are in the balcony. They are. Yeah, I'd never noticed it until uh, until watching oh, I- this. I thought they weren't there because they is that the, them on, the on first tickets that's out of them house right up yeah house right where they where they usually should be that oh wow wow so I, so they yeah. got the, they got tickets for the first flight out of town that was just a joke that's it they didn't actually do it oh all right wow that's amazing. If, if I had ever noticed that, I had completely missed it this time. Yeah, so, well, wow. I, yeah, I just great. never noticed it until this time. I just shut up there. I'm like, of course, you, that's where they should be. You're just scouring every uh, every inch of this. I haven't got a lot. That's that's why that's why we call you Eagle Eyes Fairclough, boss. All right, <laughs> thank you. You get a promotion. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and then I'm gonna put that on my business card. All right. So, um, Kermit. Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Camilla, Scooter, and Rolf all come out, and they are once again singing Together Again, a song we heard earlier in the movie, and they sing it here again, again. Do, do you think Camilla is actually singing, or do you think she's just barking the whole time? I hope she's clucking. I really hope she's clucking. Yeah, yeah that, that's what the chickens have done on The Muppet Show, and and in this movie even, when they did the, the, right. the William Tell overture, it was in clucking. In the style of Tony Bennett, yeah. Yes. Is she clucking um, in the style of Tony Bennett here? Yeah, I don't know. Or, or is she clucking in the style of some Broadway uh, star instead? Yes, she's yes, she's clucking in the style of Ethel Merman. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Doctor Teeth then excitedly yells, "Hey, it's Kermit!" And the rest of the Electric Mayhem say, "Yeah," which I love. It's like yeah. they're so excited to see that guy. They thought they thought he was gone forever. Well, that's it. It must have been quite <laughs> tense for them over the last. You know, twenty like twenty thirty minutes sitting there going, "Oh, all right, we got to play this show. We have no idea what's going to happen." And then Kermit comes right. out, and it's just like, "Oh, thank God!" Oh, right, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, they were just for all you know, they were just going to have to play the songs for two hours, and nothing was going to happen on stage. <laughs> right. Then that song ends immediately. Like they sing together again <laughs> for approximately twenty seconds in in Manhattan Melodies. And then Kermit and the gang hop on a bus, and the Manhattan Melodies logo lifts up, revealing a New York City set. And this is when this is when the thrills really start, because we see some bears are shopping, some other bears are making deliveries, some other bears are directing traffic. It is a it is a, a country bear. It is a city bear jamboree. <laughs> well done, well done. When the curtain goes, thank you. Um, but I guess, like you said, Ryan, like the, these bears are full body characters, so I guess that's why, right? Yeah, I it's guess these are just show costumes. The, show the whole stage. Yeah, I would have liked yeah. to have show seen the whole stage with bears walking. Would around. have liked to have seen giant walk around versions of uh, Bill, Gill, and Jill, just uh, yeah. but like terrifyingly huge, but not just address like, the, like, it. Like Muppet Show Live. Yeah, version. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. We we do so see funny. them just kind of like mosey across the stage. Yeah, they but sort of go yeah, for a little longer. Just a, a closer shot. Right, yeah. which, speaking of which, I wonder if, like, we said earlier that Gil goes, uh, Phil. So, do those three still think Phil is Phil when they're in this musical? Like, 
Are they told they who, about Kermit before they go on? Like, there's no time. They might. They're just like, yeah, I'm glad we tried a new place for the theater today. <laughs> um, now, here's a question that might not be worth asking. The the three bears, <laughs> the three bears, um, one of them is wearing a dress. One of them, the one who's uh, directing traffic is wearing, like, the top half of a police uniform, but no pants. Is the delivery... Uh, the bicycle delivery bear wearing pants. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, like, are pants optional for bears in the city? The, the delivery driver is not wearing pants. I've got it up here. I, I, I couldn't tell for sure because he's kind of in the shadows, I, but you don't think I he's don't wearing pants. I don't believe so. From what I can see here, so I think it's just, and I think the there's one holding balloons. It's just got an apron on. Oh, yeah, in the back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's well, another one on a Ryan, skateboard the- just wearing his shirt. I think it's like Winnie the Pooh. I think they can do whatever they like. Right. You, okay. You, you guys, those are bears. Frogs wear pants. Uh, in well, I guess. Do we know in this movie do frogs wear pants? Do we? Do we see? I, know, I, I was just talking about no, Christine. That's a frog. Again. I know, but now you, you got me thinking about <laughs> well, Bill, Gill, and Jill, and whether they wear pants. I mean, earlier, I don't know. I I, I would imagine they're, they're like going to wear pants. Suit coats, yeah. I think they do. I yeah, mean, I, earlier I just... in the film, um, when Kermit's in the hospital, she does say to him. The doctor does say, "You weren't wearing any clothes." Right. right. So, should he be wearing yeah. clothes the whole time? Is it like expected that frogs should be wearing clothes, and Kermit's just like a nudist? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit, and how weird and the, how weird that scene is, and sort of inconsistent with the way the the rest of the movie treats Kermit. But right. yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, either way, nobody's gonna. Uh, apparently, the the bears are not worried about being called out for their. They're half nudity. Is this going to be one of those things where, like, this going to be one of those things where, like, someone's going to bring it up on Twitter, and then like Bobo's going to get cancelled? Oh no, (laughs) I hope not. Yeah, I hope so. I hope Bobo gets cancelled. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Cancel Emily Bear, not Emily Bear. What's her name? No, no, Beth Bear. Beth Bear. Uh, Yeah, Beth. Beth Yeah, yeah. Cancel Beth Bear. That's Fozzie's mom. No, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. She's not in this. I wish she was. I wish Fozzie's mom was in everything. She's my favorite yes. Muppet. Yes. Um, well, she was just in those uh, Facebook portal commercials last year. She was. And we just watched Muppets from Space. I said this, Mike. Told you guys this off. Mike, my kids and I watched Muppets from Space today. There is a photograph of Fozzie and his mom. On oh, the, that's nice. On the mantle in that movie. I like that. When when Because Gonzo's sad because everyone has family but him. So it's like Piggy oh, with right. Andy and Randy. It's yeah. weird. Sorry, I know we're not talking about Muppets from Space, but it's weird that they have just a photo of Gonzo like in the distance on a beach looking <laughs> no. sand. Yeah, who took that picture? And who went Rizzo That's a nice took- picture? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna print that out and frame it. I'm gonna frame that, put it in the house, <laughs> yeah. Um but uh and although this was nineteen ninety nine, so probably it was taken on film in the first place. Oh yeah. And anyways Remember that for on, uh, three years from now. I will. I'll try my best. <laughs> Uh, but some old Muppet favorites do show up on stage after this. We see Bunsen and Beaker in a taxi. And then we see uh, Beauregard and Camilla in a newspaper delivery truck, which I would love to know what those two are talking about. You know, they're just like <laughs> hanging out. Beauregard and, uh, might think he can speak chicken. Like he might be trying to speak chicken. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cluck, right. cluck, 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 <laughs> Right. And then, like, as you mentioned, the frogs all just kind of walk by. They just kind of mosey on by. And then finally, we see a newspaper land by a newsstand. And on this newspaper, which the newspaper is the New York Sun, a paper that existed from 
1833 until 1950. And then uh, later, like, had a comeback in the 21st century. But when they made this movie, nobody, yeah, nobody an, knew that an was going unrelated, to so, Right, yeah, right. an unrelated New York Sun came back in the 2000s. Right. But, so at this time, though, it's just, like, an old-fashioned name of a... Like, again, talking about how this movie is... The the musical is like nostalgic and old fashioned. Yeah, they deliberately chose the name of a dead newspaper, like that was you know, it existed in the 30s or whatever. You know, right? And Wikipedia says uh, the New York Sun was considered a serious paper, like the city's two more successful broadsheets, the New York Times and the New York Herald Tribune. I think the implication there is that the other papers, the New York Post and the New York Daily News, are not considered serious papers. So Wikipedia coming in with a, a little bit of a dig uh, on those other papers, <laughs> but still encyclopedic. Well, was it serious yes. enough that they were going to post a headline that somebody's getting married? Because a lot of people get married every day. <laughs> now, granted... Yeah, it's, right, it's right. on the front page. Um, yeah, the and, and we should say that the headline is extra. Extra. So it's an, it's somebody's extra getting married. This is an extra edition. Bright future prediction. Special edition. Now, right. So it's a special edition, just to pronounce, just to announce that somebody's getting married. Bright future well, predicted. Go and, on. And before here. we, oh, okay, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I was just going to say, like, like, I know this must be like exciting for people, but it's not newsworthy. Like, you know, <laughs> someone in you know interstate from me could be getting married. Great. I don't care. I don't need it to be on my news. Like, good luck yeah. to them. I hope they have a bright future predicted. But I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, that's why that goes in a separate section of the paper toward the back. I'm starting to realize why this paper got uh, got discontinued. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but also the stack of newspapers lands on the stage in front of the newsstand set in such a way that it could not possibly be read by the audience. I just right. wanted well, to point that well, out. And that's the beginning. That That's the first hint that this Broadway play is going to transform into a movie. Yes. Right. Because like once we get to the wedding, there's no there's no audience. Like there's no way for the audience to see the wedding. Yeah. There's just there's just an audience in attendance at the church who are all Muppets. And that's why right. as it goes on, they don't care about keeping yeah, it, up it, it the, just, the illusion it stops, that it's a stage show. Well, yeah. that's why right. it's, it stops it's, being a theatrical. It's production. performance art because the things close and the audience can hear it, but they can't see it. And that's that <laughs> that's that's deep, guys. Like if you don't appreciate that, I can't help you. Sure. Um, but you, you you know what I do appreciate? A news terrier voiced by Steve Whitmire, who says, extra, extra, somebody's getting married. And then <laughs> I appreciate even more another news news dog voiced by Richard Hunt, who sounds exactly like Gunge from Fraggle Rock, who says, <laughs> in surprise and delight, somebody's getting married. Hey, somebody. And that's where we end. That's where we cut. Um, now, you two... Uh, I'm assuming you're both married. We, yes. we are indeed. I, I am not. Our wives have both appeared on this program. Uh, I, I, I am not married. Um, I, what I'm hoping for, and I'm going to say this on the record in the hopes that when I do get married, uh, my bridal party hears this. Um, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that my bridal party do the whole, uh, somebody's getting married number the morning of my wedding. Mm-hmm. I won't be settling for anything less. I will sure. be hiring so Steve I... Whitmire to come in and yell, extra, somebody's getting married. Unfortunately, Richard Hunt has passed <laughs> at this point, I so I can't do this anymore. 
But uh, I'll that get someone else. I'll get David Brodman to take over. Sure. <laughs> so can I can I tell you actually on the on the morning of my actual wedding, uh, ten years ago, all day in my head I had not this song from from Love Sick Manhattan, which you might which might make sense and be reasonable for a normal person. What I had in my head was what a morning. It's Luis's wedding day from uh, Maria and Luis's I mean, that makes sense. Uh, wedding episode of Sesame Street. Yeah, that's, that's a terrific I mean, I thought episode. you were going to say something unrelated like Hugga Wugga. No, it was what a morning. It's Maria's wedding day. Oh, man, great. So good. That what is something that doesn't come up nearly as much as, say, the, the death of Mr. Hooper or the even the birth of Gabriella, but that's that is one of the all time best moments of Sesame Street. That that wedding episode. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I yeah I, I I was not at all upset. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, you shouldn't. Have been. But I will talk about this a little bit more next week. But I actually had this actual recording um, played as part of the processional at my wedding. Oh, that's oh, amazing! Yes, awesome. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we. I think I told you this, Ryan. We had, uh, or I think I probably said it on the show, we had um, the first time it happens as our first dance. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, I had a friend walk after a wedding had finished when they sort of walked down and everyone was leaving the church. They had um, "Life's a Happy Song" play. Oh, see, that yeah, was that yeah, w- that was our walkout song yeah. too. Nice. Oh, sure. See, that didn't that wasn't out yet when I got married. Oh yeah, in the summer yeah. Of 2011. You should have waited. You should have known. Just, <laughs> I should have. I should have waited to have a less good song from a yes. less good Muppet movie in my wedding than the one that I did. Yes, that's yeah. That's yeah, what well. I should have done. And I like life's a happy song. I think it's a good song. It's a good it's, song. It's, it's it's no the first time it happens. In well, life. yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. Um, can I say just quickly as well before we sort of finish up the one thing I noticed and literally it's like a split frame second is that when uh, the Richard Hunt character shouts, somebody's getting, right, What? who I think mm-hmm. is Beth Bear, but I'm not quite sure, like, uh, spins around really quickly, almost like whoever the puppeteer, costume performer, whatever it was, like, missed their mark, or like, missed their cue, I should say, and they spin around huh. really quickly, and it it's too brief to be intentional. And so I don't know if someone just missed a cue or whatever it was, or maybe it is meant to be there. But uh, but yeah, it was. It's just it took me by surprise when I first noticed it. Is it is it the bear wearing the doorman's uniform? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it goes by so fast I can't even tell. Like really, what's you happening wouldn't there. know unless you look at this thing frame by frame, which I did because I don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> but your lack oh. of a life is our to our uh, benefit here on the podcast. <laughs> Right, I'm glad I could. Sure. I'm glad I could uh, do something to uh, to really elevate the show. Yes. No, we, we, yeah, we appreciate. It. <laughs> so, Ryan, do, Ryan, do you have anything else before we close? I do. I have actually a few notes from the March seventh, nineteen eighty three draft of the screenplay. When Kermit decides to recruit all the other Muppets into the show, he grabs several copies of the script and says, here, do you think you can learn these parts in a few minutes? A bear says, nope. And a dog says, no way. And Beauregard says, I can't read. And then a stage manager says, the curtain's going up. And Kermit just throws the scripts in the air and says, just have fun with it. Uh, That would have been fun to see. Yeah. 
I guess it would have slowed things down just a little bit, but yeah, it's I don't funny. think it's necessary. I, I I like it better this way. I do like the joke that Bo <laughs> Bo can't use the script because he can't read. Yeah. Um, and then there's one moment with Statler and Waldorf as the curtain's going up. Um, Statler says, "Well, they made it to Broadway." Waldorf says, "Yep." Statler says, "Well." Waldorf says, "What?" Statler says, "Aren't we going to heckle them?" Waldorf says, "Oh yeah, I forgot. Boo! Terrible." Statler, "Awful. Get off the stage." Waldorf, "Well, it wasn't that bad." Statler, "Actually, it wasn't." Waldorf, "It was pretty good, really." Statler, "It was wonderful." And then they both say, uh, "Bravo! Marvelous! More, more!" Which that's, that's we've kind of seen them. The yeah, they've do done that before. before yeah. yeah. So I guess that's why, even though they are there. Maybe they filmed that and then decided, like, eh, kind of. Like, we've done that. they done that. Yeah. 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 And plus, it's, and not only is it on The Muppet Show, it's on one of the records. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think that's why, that's why it's even less good. Like, I just feel like it's one of those things people really remember from The Muppet Show. You know, right. It's not people would have like, already been yeah, familiar with episode. it. Yeah. Do you think that Stetler and Waldorf secretly really enjoyed The Muppet Show, but they just assume the other one hates it, so they, that's why they heckle it? Like this just shirt to like be. like oh that was bad yeah it was bad like wasn't that bad no you're right it wasn't that bad actually it was pretty good yeah I really enjoyed it yeah I loved it oh bravo <laughs> that was great like that back and forth I think they're only they're just making it up I think they both love it yeah neither of them wants to be the only one who has that opinion yeah exactly right that's a pretty right. common social uh, I don't know social pressure thing yeah I would I buy think that. you need to get, get, get a psychologist like on here for this. Well, that feels like something that uh, Roger Langridge uh, would have done in that Muppet Show comic book. Uh, like somehow that feels like one of those stories. I don't think it was, but um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It, it does feel like him. I'd like to see them <laughs> tackle that sometime. Uh, sure. The other one. Oh, so there, there's a lot more to the show on stage in the draft. Uh, it says. That Gonzo performs a death-defying stunt from a skyscraper. Bunsen and Beaker perform with their latest invention, the all-singing, all-dancing Manhattan mailbox. The Penguins tap dance in front of a set piece of Radio City Music Hall. That would have been fun to see. So so this sounds a little more like the 2011 movie, where they put on the Muppet Show. At where the they're end. actually doing variety acts. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the three frogs sing with the Gills Brothers, the singing fish act from the Muppet Show. I would have loved to see them come back. And uh, the rats would play pipes, uh, like sewer pipes. But they would play them like xylophones. So it's a little bit too much. Like definitely at this point, it's like, all right, this is the end of the movie. Let's just get to the end of it. But yeah, um, a lot of fun stuff there. Agreed. Especially the Gills Brothers. When was the last time we saw them in anything? Uh, I don't even remember who they are, so that's really exciting. Uh, you'd know them if you saw them. Yeah. I'm sure I would. Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I, I've seen every episode of The Muppet Show, so I'm sure I have, like, I definitely have seen it. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty cool, guys. I've seen every episode of The <laughs> Muppet Show. Um, they sang no. a few songs. They're, they're just, <laughs> sure. these th- like, three, I think, three green fish wearing tuxedos, I want to say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm not um, much of a Muppet fan. So I haven't seen it. No. <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't really get the Muppet Show in Australia. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jared, before, but we, actually, what we do want to hear is when 
when did you first see this movie? Do you remember? What's your history with it? Where do you rank it among the Muppet okay, movies? Okay, so this is like like my Muppet movie. The reason being is yeah. that like the very first time I ever saw the Muppets, I remember it. I was about six years old. I was at my best friend's house, and I came down with tonsillitis, and it happened. It came on really quickly, and so my friend's mum was like, "Who I still blame now." Like every time I see her, I'm like, "This is all your fault." Um, that I'm into these characters <laughs> yeah. is uh, so she sat us down. She's like, "I'm going to put on the Muppet movie." Or a movie and put on the Muppet movie, and I just fell in love. Like I know I knew Kermit, but that was it. But that was from Sesame Street. And so then I went home and told Mum how much I liked these, like these Muppets and these characters. And then my birthday was coming up, and I actually got given the VHS of uh, Muppet State Manhattan, and it was the movie that I watched every weekend. Like I reckon now I could still sit there and tell you this film start to end, like quote it um and so that uh so so this was like my muppet movie and it was probably a good couple of years until i got um the muppet movie on vhs and i started getting the other ones on um vhs dvds eventually everything like that as far as ranking it nostalgically i really have a place in my heart for it but then now i can look at it and see that it's not quite as good like the muppet movie's my number one um i would in my say 10 years ago i probably would have ranked it before uh even muppet christmas carol but that movie i've now got a real deep love for now that i can sort of understand why they did what they did like i used to hate that movie because i think kind and barker once said oh look it's a muppet movie where the muppets have a cameo um whereas now i can sort of christmas carol yeah, yeah now i can understand why they went that way now I'd probably... Well, there's a, there's a classic, there's a classic Tough Pigs article where Danny and Kynan. I think it's in just that kind of. Like, I think it's just tear it a new it's one. It's in that of, article. And, I think that Kynan says that. Yeah. It might be Danny who says it. Um, but it's it, it, it's funny. You were talking about the article. I kind of just assumed that you and Kynan like see each other all the time. I am. Both I live in Australia. Kynan and I are friends. <laughs> I spoke to Kynan the other day. I've had dinner with him. He's a lovely guy. Um, oh, yeah, no, awesome. he's a friend of mine. That, that's heartwarming. It, it is uh, funny though that at the time of that article, the movie was probably about ten years old. Yeah. So it was not yet like now. People have grown up with it, watching it every year, their whole yeah. lives. So, so now I'd probably i i I'd, I'd rank it. Again, keep in mind that I love all of them, but I'd probably rank it. I'd say my least favorite is probably the Muppets from 2011, and then I'd I'd put it maybe above that. So I'd rank it maybe okay, higher wow. higher than sure. um the Muppets, but lower than the other ones. I'd, I'd probably put it so maybe maybe above Muppets from Space as well. So this one is your third to last. Yeah, yeah. Good, right. good, right, man. Good job. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I'm sure I've I've heard or read your your story of of how you first came across the Muppets before, but it's cool that you have such a specific origin story there. Because yeah. for I think for a lot of us, it, a lot of us, it's just kind of like, yeah, I guess I just grew up watching the shows and the movies, and my parents always showed me the stuff on TV. Well, so. I had a I had like a bit be like I, I love for the Muppets watching these things anyway, but it was it wasn't anything that I was like obsessed with. And then when I was about when I was about 10 or 11, I started getting, like, I'd be obsessed with something for six months. I got obsessed with Garfield at one point for, like, six months. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. Sure, sure, sure. Who did, who, who yeah, we all did. did not? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Garfield for I six got, months. I remember, and then, sorry, there was a couple I remember other excitedly buying. Go on. 
I remember excitedly buying Garfield's book of insults, put downs, and slams yeah. at Ooh. the book fair in fourth grade. Well, there you go. And my mom told me I was not allowed to use them. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and have you used any of them to this day? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, good. <laughs> but then when I was about 12 or so, that I remember watching the Muppet movie again, thinking, oh, I'll chuck this on. We'll, we'll see it. And then going... That's when I started to think about the other side of things, like the puppeteer side of things. That's when I started to figure out who yeah. Jim Henson was, and that's when it was like, and and it just went from there. Um, and so, sure. awesome. and so, I I really can almost chart it, um, like year by year. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Awesome, that's great. All right, well, that just about brings us down to the end. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having and, me. And uh, I'll I'll. I'll be at work first thing tomorrow morning. Please do, please do. If you can have the, the uh, right. that that report on my on my desk by nine a.m., that'd be great. All right, um, listeners, you can check out tubfigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all those places. You can become our patron on Patreon, and you can email us at movingrightalong at tubfigs.com. To Thank you to so much for mentioning Patreon because I have totally been forgetting to mention it. Yeah, uh, you you helpfully added it added it to the uh, the outro, so that's I'm just reading it off the page, my uh, man. Good. <laughs> and then and then uh, thank you to Stacy Rosen for writing our theme music and to Morgan Davy for designing our logo. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. You can follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. I just made a list that I'm very proud of on Letterboxd, where I ranked all 24 movies directed by Mel Brooks, Albert Brooks, or James L. Brooks. So check that out if you want you to. You should be proud of that list. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Jared, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at Jazz Fairclough. Um, and I mean, and you can also find me now on Tough Pigs because here I am, gang. Again, like I said, I'm slowly Yay! right where you belong. Where I belong. I'm slowly right. taking over. Right where you belong. Great. Um, all right, and you can also give us a, a positive review, the a more positive review than I gave Young Frankenstein, my number one Brooks movie. And tell all your friends to listen to the show, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Bye.